on the corner of East and Elm, behind a small white picket fence, stands a quaint yellow house with a for sale sign placed in the front lawn. The house is mildly weathered, but continues to stand the test of time. With its two levels peering down to the sidewalk below, the house has seen many passers-by. Few, however, have come and gone from the walls within. Enter Tom and Maria. This young couple had weathered the storm of city life and were ready for peace and quiet that only a small town such as Evergreen could bring. Although young, they had worked their fingers to the palm to save for such a home. Maria contacted a local realtor. The visit to Evergreen Real Estate was odd enough, but her and Tom just chalked it up to eccentricity. The office was located within what appeared to be a converted sanctuary. The entryway and walls were lined with claws dark velvet, with gothic creations of old scattered throughout. Don't mind the decor, a voice echoed from the rear of the building. Emerging from a small room, they spotted a woman who beckoned them to her office. We have cameras out front, and I saw you come in. Everyone always has the same look on their face when they see the inside of this place. My name is Elizabeth. You can call me Liz. How may I help you? Tom and Maria glanced at each other somewhat relieved to see some sort of normalcy. Hi Liz, I'm Maria, and this is my husband, Tom. This is a rather peculiar office space you have here. It is, isn't it? Liz stated. The walls of this building are over 200 years old. It was the first place of worship in the town the council has struggled in recent years to make the place useful, so they decided to rent it as office space. It's tied in with the historical society, so we can only change so much. Anyway, enough of that. What brings you to Evergreen? Well, basically, we are looking to relocate, and have been searching for a while. We decided to take a scenic route off the interstate and came upon this area which, quite honestly, is beautiful. We care for it well, and in turn it cares for us, says Liz. That's what my grandfather used to say. My family has been here for five generations and was involved in the founding of the town. We've taken care to change very little. The town likes it that way. We do have some properties in the area that I think you would be interested in meeting. Meeting? Asked Maria. 
Exactly, Liz stated. You see, each house has a personality. As you care for it, so does it care for you. Sounds exciting, Maria stated. There's a property that we passed on the way here, actually, that we would like to explore if possible. I believe it was on East Street. A somberness overcame Liz. There was a moment of silence, followed by the sound of Liz clearing her throat and proclaiming, The Moore Estate. It's been on the market for quite some time. It needs a lot of TLC. Therefore, it could prove to be rather expensive to make the house a home. I have some other properties I believe are more suitable for you if you would like to review these profiles. Tom and Maria looked through the stack of papers that Liz presented. Tom chimed in. These are nice, yes, but we really would love to see the Moore Estate if it's okay. We've been saving for quite some time, and we're prepared for any repairs that it may need. May we view it while we're in town today? A hesitant Liz looked away, then back again. Okay, it seems that this property is speaking to you, so why not give it a try? Give me a moment to lock up, and we can head that way. Tom and Maria felt excitement course through their veins. They had spotted a lovely two-story yellow house that seemed to need their love and attention. And yes, the house did seem to speak to them, to the point that they both had to use restraint not to trespass and peer through the windows. They got in their car and after a short amount of time were following Liz to the Moore Estate just a few blocks away. East Street was lined with beautiful grove trees on either side. They seemed to rise out of the ground and shelter the street with loving arms above. Behind the grove trees were houses that appeared to be steeped in history an echo of simpler times gone by. As they approached a Moore estate, they were surprised to see Liz already standing in front of the property, seemingly facing the house and pointing, as if she were having a conversation. Tom and Maria exited their car and approached Liz. I like to say a prayer before showing the property, just to bless your experience. Just an old superstition, Liz said. The three of them proceeded past the thicket fence and followed the short paved walkway to the front porch. Liz paused at the front door, placed her right hand on the window pane and quietly stated, This is a very special property, one that had been treasured for many, many years. Again, Tom and Maria glanced at each other. Why all the mystery? Tom widened his eyes while looking at Maria and made a gesture with his hand as if he were a magician waving his wand over a magic hat. 
Maria grimaced back at him. She knew that Liz could not see them, but this was no time to piss off the first person that they've met in what could be their future hometown. Liz pulled a key from her pocket, placed it in the lock on the door, and turned. A loud click could be heard, followed by the sound of an old squeaky doorknob. Liz opened the door and proceeded to cross the threshold. Tom and Maria followed to be greeted by an entryway that seemed to come out of a movie from the 1930s. Grand in its day, time had taken its toll on the once grand nature of the room that stood before them which branched to different areas of the house. To the right was a staircase whose mirror post had seen better days. Maria was amazed. She saw the potential, and in many ways the decay that time had wrought was just a matter of lipstick and rouge. Some paint here, some sanding and staining there, and this place could be brought back to its former glory. She proceeded with Tom by her side from room to room, her excitement growing with each previously unexplored space. Tom shared the same excitement and was surprised at how Liz had overstated the damage and repairs needed. As they entered the kitchen, however, Maria found it rather outdated. She would need to make some changes, she thought. New appliances, definitely. And maybe even removing a wall leading to the adjacent dining room. Liz broke the silence. Without looking back at Tom and Maria, she stated, There is one more area that you haven't seen yet. Although uncommon in this area, this house does have a basement, which was previously used as a fruit cellar, among other things. A basement? Maria said excitedly. She could already see herself learning how to make preserves and storing them in the basement below. While Tom could imagine a space of his own to tinker and store his tools. Liz proceeded to cross the open floor of the kitchen to reveal a small door on the other side. Yes, this is it. It has its own key stated Liz. She proceeded to search her pocket and presented an old, ornate iron key to the basement to Tom and Maria. You must unlock it yourself. Just an old superstition, but please humor me. Maria caught up in the promise of exploration walked to Liz and held out her hand. Liz placed the key in Maria's palm. She felt a warmth wash over her 
and looked back at Tom. She had seen skeleton keys before, but this one seemed to be a relic of its own. With Tom by her side, she placed the key in the lock and turned it while she twisted the doorknob. The latch clicked and the door slowly opened to reveal a dusty staircase leading to the darkness below. The light is at the bottom of the stairs. I brought a flashlight for you to use to get down there. This area is one of the greatest treasures of this home, so feel free to explore, said Liz. Liz handed the flashlight to Tom as he stepped past Maria. Liz followed the pair down the stairs. Maria and Tom were so excited but felt cautious. Basements always have a creepy feeling. Maria told herself. As they reached the bottom of the stairs, they spotted a bulb with a pull chain in the center of the room. They walked to the fixture and pulled the cord, and the light slowly flickered to life and flooded the basement. The space was large and appeared to cover the entire footprint of the house. Partially finished, there was some shelving on one side and what appeared to be a workbench on the other. This will do quite nicely, Maria thought, and turned to Liz. Would you like to know the history of the home? I have all the original blueprints at the office. The previous owner was very particular in... Liz was cut off by Maria, who stated, Actually, we wanted to make a fresh start. There are quite a few changes that we would have to make in the kitchen, but I guess it would be helpful to know where the support beams are so we don't cause structural damage when remodeling. I see, said Liz. I'm also the caretaker of this property, and there's a storage building out back that I would like to make sure is still secured. If you don't mind, I'll leave you two to explore it and talk it over. Without any explanation, Liz proceeded back up the stairs. Well, that was a quick exit, said Tom. Just peculiar, that's all, replied Maria. These small-town types can be rather eccentric. Maria, there, another door, in between those two shelves. I didn't notice that before, said Tom. Maria followed Tom's gaze. Sure enough, there was another door. She walked over and proceeded through the narrow corridor between the shelves of old jars. No lock, Maria said. What do you think is behind door number two? Let's open it and find out, replied Tom. Maria placed her hand on the doorknob and twisted, pulling the door jar. 
At this point, an ice-cold breeze emanated from the darkness and enveloped them both. Tom turned on the flashlight, still in hand, and pointed it into the darkness as they both passed through the entryway. Illuminated before them was another stairway, one that descended into darkness blacker than night itself. Not even the flashlight could brighten the space beyond. It was only a few steps to the bottom landing, but it seemed like an eternity to reach. Maria did not feel comfortable anymore. She felt a sense of foreboding, and though Tom would not admit it, he felt it too. At the bottom landing, they saw a familiar sight. A single bulb hanging from a chain. Tom pulled the cord to reveal a small square room, probably no bigger than ten feet square. In the center of the room sat two simply built wooden chairs. Beneath each chair, a drain. Maria and Tom both felt a fear wash over them as they hear the entry door slam. The room went dark, and they could suddenly hear a peculiar sound emanating all around them. It sounded like a metal softly scraping against concrete. Tom had heard that sound before. It sounded just like the sound he made when he would sharpen his garden tools. In a flash, they felt themselves sitting down. Panic took control of Maria and Tom, and they realized that whatever was happening, it was not good. The lights started to flicker, illuminating the room for a split second at a time. Maria tried reaching for Tom, but she couldn't move. Maria screamed as she felt a slicing pain in her left wrist, then her right. Through the flickering light, she saw in flashes blood flooding from her body, trickling down the chair and into the drain below. She looked over at Tom, pleading for any mercy, and saw that Tom's head was in an unnatural position. Through glimpses that the flickering light would offer, she could see Tom's throat slashed, and the blood from her precious love being consumed by the drain below his own chair. Slowly, Maria could feel the life draining from her body. Weaker and weaker she felt. She knew this was the end. She could take no more. And then, silence.
Liz looked back at the house as he straightened the for sale sign. The house looked young again, now a bright yellow and fresh flowers in the lawn. She would have to call the council to come pick up Tom and Maria's car. She knew the house would reject them. She had warned them after all. As you care for the house, the house will care for you. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Mind Chiller. It's meant to be a relaxing journey, and I hope you enjoyed it. The story Yellow House was written by Derwood Fisher, inspired by a short story by Roy Purdy. Music was provided by Ghost Stories Incorporated. This podcast will include both fiction and non-fiction stories. If you should have any stories of your own, either fiction or non-fiction, and you would like to hear them read on this podcast, please feel free to submit them to ghoststoriesjunkie at gmail.com or you can submit them to mindchillerpodcast at gmail.com Thank you so much for listening.